From the Race Across America studios in Boulder, Colorado, I'm George Thomas, and we're on the line with Vic Armijo, checking in from Oceanside with an update on the Race Across the West solo field. Vic, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having us on, George. I always love talking with you on these pre-Rams shows. So what's the mood like? Uh, excited as ever? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ram headquarters uh, opened uh, like five minutes ago. I was down there about an hour and a half ago, and there were already uh, crew members and crew chiefs uh, wanting to, to come in and get stuff taken care of. You know, they're, they're champing at the bit to get something started. Normally, I'd be driving there right now. It's really weird not to be on the road. So, anyway, can't wait to hear about the race across the West solo field. There's a lot of people racing this year. Yeah, we've got uh, uh, 28 solos, uh, and a good number of them are rookies. In fact, the majority of the field are rookies. So that just shows you something about the uh, the health of uh, of ultra cycling. You know, these are folks who may or may not have RAM on the horizon for them, but it's a great stepping stone. Now, three of the solos are women. Yeah, yeah. Uh, among them is uh, Dorina Vaccaroni, uh, uh, as the name says, uh, from Italy. And she's actually an a, a Olympic gold medalist. She's got uh, uh, bronze and silver and uh, gold medals to her, to her credit. Um, she was in five different Olympics. But she was not in the Olympics as a cyclist. She was a uh, fencer, you know, um, sword fighting. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, see what she does. Uh, she's in the 50 to 59 category. And then also coming back from last year is uh, Christy Patrick. Uh, she's in the 40 to 49, and she's kind of a interesting story. She pretty much came out of nowhere. Uh, she was uh, a weekend cyclist, never had never really done any racing, but she said she always felt like she was fast. Uh, her... Um, she was a mountain biker before, and then her uh, boyfriend bought her a road bike, and she rode with him and realized that uh, she, <laughs> she was stronger and wanted to go longer than, than he did. And so she did the Belgium waffle ride uh, here in San Diego County a couple of years ago and uh, got third. In, you know, that's a tough, tough event. And so she came out to Borrego Springs and did the uh, 61224 in, uh, in 2016, got third. Uh, with well over 300 miles. She came back last year and upped that mileage. Uh, she did raw last year, made it all the way to Kayenta, you know, just before Monument Valley, and that's when her neck started to give out. And uh, she was a complete rookie. I mean, she didn't even have a crew until just a few days before. So I'm sure she learned a lot. She's coming back, and I think we'll probably see her in Durango. And then the uh, other woman is uh, Anne Moore. Uh, she was to be on a four-rider team uh, last year, and like two weeks prior in what was to be her last big mileage uh, pre-raw tra uh, pre-ram training day, she uh, crashed and uh, broke some bones, tore her rotator cuff. Uh, but she's back. She's a, a triathlete who's done a lot of the, the tough events, including the uh, Norseman Extreme in Norway, which is rated to be one of the toughest uh, triathlons in the world. And it'll uh, be interesting to see what she does. She's also in the, uh, the under-50 category. And she's a, she's a trainer. She, she's the owner of Anmore Endurance Coaching. And now, in the men's field, I'm very familiar with one of the riders, Chris Ramsey from Portland, who phenomenal athlete. And as an aside, he happens to have MS. 
So yeah. really excited to see him out there, and I really want to see him come into Durango. Yeah, yeah. He he came out last year. He made it 600 and something miles before uh, he had to DNF, and uh, and being a, being a rookie, I'm sure he learned a lot, although he... And he's pretty adept at, at ultra cycling. He was a crew chief for uh, for Team Psycho, a four-person Ram team back in 2007. But um, as he was, he told me last year in our pre-raw interview that the uh, the exercise and and, and the, the careful diet that an athlete like him has to has to adhere to really helps with his MS. It helps stave off the the, uh, the symptoms. So that's something for anybody out there with uh, with MS to, to be inspired by. Who else do we have? Well, we've got uh, Tony uh, Musso Rafite. Uh, this is his uh, second attempt at uh, finishing uh, raw on a fixed gear. For those out there who don't know, a fixed gear is like a track bike. Uh, there's no, no ratcheting device in the rear hub. You can't coast. You can back off, but you know the, the wheel's still turning. It's still turning the cranks. There's no freewheeling. Um, he tried last year. Don't recall how far he made it, but uh, I, I think um, I think he he made it more than halfway. I, was gonna, I thought he, he got to around Cottonwood. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and he is on a fixie, not a single speed. That's incredible to watch those guys descend. I mean, coming down, uh, I'm thinking down into Jerome off of Mingus Mountain, that's going to oh. be insane. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. We followed Christoph Strasser one year d- down that, and we, our, our tires are squealing keeping up with, with Christoph. So <laughs> imagine not being able to coast around those corners. Oh. And, you know, he's pretty, uh, Tony is really adept at riding a fixie. We see him every year at the 612-24 in Borrego Springs and always on a fixie. And who else do we have? Uh, Philippe May. Uh, here's here's another interesting guy with a sporting background outside of cycling. He's a he's a ski instructor, and you know how wacky those guys are. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's one of only five men to have ever skied at over 250 kilometers an hour. That's 156 miles an hour. Which uh, um, I believe that's the speed of a free fall, isn't it? Uh, pretty much. Yeah, yeah if you kind jump of out of a plane, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's in the prone position. If you stand on your head and jump out of, as you jump out of the plane, uh, you can get a closer to 180 or so. But yeah, in, in the classic skydiving prone position, that's about the speed you get. Um, who else do we have? Well, we have from uh, Canada. I'm not sure if his name is pronounced Danny or Danny. It's uh, Danny with one N. Uh, uh, Bonneville. Uh, and he's done uh, in the U.S. He's done the Silver State 508, and uh, he's also one of those um, wackies who likes to put on bike events. You know, like like I do and you do. <laughs> he puts on an event in Canada. It's an 808 kilometer uh, Ram qualifier called the Bonneville 808 Challenge. Wow! All you need now is a ski instructor who puts on events. Uh, oops. Oh yeah, <laughs> that would be totally insane. Not yeah. just partially. <laughs> Uh, let's see. We have an American rider coming back, uh, James Jason Ingalls. Uh, he he came out last year. Uh, he made it all the way to uh, Salome, Arizona, 342 miles in before he packed it in. Um, he's 44. He's a flight instructor from Orlando, uh, Florida. So he, you know, you'd think he'd be 
used to heat, but last year was really hot and it was a dry heat. And actually, it looks like they may have a little bit nicer conditions. On the first day when they hit Borrego Springs, it'll be 106, which for Borrego Springs is not bad, considering uh, I talked with Christoph Strasser last week and it was 115 the day I talked with him. Mm. So 106 is going to be a bit cooler. And then the next day, as they go through Congress, it's only going to be in the 90s, 95, really? 96, somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. Wow, the last couple of years, it's been uh, in the teens up there. Yeah, yeah. We always, uh, Ram Media One, we're always in Congress until late morning, and by the time we leave at 11 o'clock or so, it's already over 100. So we're, we're going to welcome some cooler temperatures, and I'm sure the riders are too. I hope there's um, some favorable winds as well. From the U.K., we've got uh, Joff Spencer-Jones. Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a rookie as far as doing raw, but he, uh, he was on a uh, Ram eight-person team back in 2010, uh, also on a Ram four-person team back in 2015. And as far as his U.S. experience, he has done the Silver, uh, Silver State 508 also. He did that in 2015. Uh, there's been a lot of riders from India in the last few years. There's really an emerging ultra cycling uh, following there. Thanks a lot, thanks a lot in, uh, to the efforts of, uh, of Divya Tate. You know, she she puts on events there. Another one of those wackos who likes to put on events. And uh, Krishna Prakash, uh, he's primarily a triathlete. He's a, a civil servant there in India. Uh, he's proud to be the first civil servant of India to complete an Ironman. And uh, he's got a nice quote that any Iron Iron Man triathlete will uh, will appreciate is uh, it is iron that will make you an Iron Man, or I'm sorry, it is an iron will that will make you an Iron Man, and that's something you need to to complete raw. That's for sure. And is he going to be the first soloist from India to do race across the West? Ah, uh, you know that's a good question. I'm pr- I'm pretty certain I'm, we've I'm had solo he, starters. Yeah, I don't know that we've had I don't a finisher. Think we've had a finisher. I'll have to look that up. Okay. Yeah, that's that's something that uh, yeah we need we need to talk about if he is indeed if he's if he's not the first he's one of a few, one of a very few. I'm glad to see someone doing raw. Yeah. Yeah. And Matthew Geis, he's an American racing in the uh, the under-50 category, and uh, he's another one of those guys who, while he's a rookie, as far as being a, a solo raw rider, uh, he does have some pretty extensive experience with, with the, the Ram and Raw organization. Uh, he was on an eight-person team back in 2012, on a four-person Ram team in 2014, and just two years ago was on a two-person uh, raw team. And as a lot of these riders do, uh, he's using his... Uh, racing to uh, raise funds for a charity, and his is the Ben Curtis Family Foundation that uh, its mission is to alleviate childhood hunger. Now, Race Across the West starts the same day as Race Across America, correct? Uh, yes, it does. In fact, they, they start first uh, at noon. Uh, the uh, the teams uh, begin starting at one-minute intervals, and then we go with the solos. And once the last one's off, uh, it takes about we take about a 20-minute break, change the banner on the uh, on the big inflatable arch, and then we start doing the the ram riders. And by the time the last ram rider off, which will be Christoph Strasser, it's getting pretty close to two o'clock. And follow along at raceacrossamerica.org. There's a couple of places to follow along on the site, aren't there? 
Well, for, for RAW, you go to raceacrossthewest.org, and there's the leaderboard that gives you the verified uh, standings based on the last time station they've called in from, and then the live tracking uh, will be started uh, on the day of the race. And each rider has a transponder that they carry, and you can watch their little blip go across the country. But owing to the fact that these are electronic devices and sometimes things go, go wacky, somebody might forget to charge a battery or something, what you see there is kind of unofficial. You know, sometimes people get excited, oh, our rider's in the lead, not knowing that the two riders ahead of them are having issues with their transponder. But it's still fun to watch. For the, the official standings, go to the leaderboard on the raceacrossthewest.org website. Or there's always the, whoops, I left the transponder in the crew vehicle, and gosh, that rider's moving quickly. <laughs> <laughs> or I got into the pool in Congress with my transponder in my jersey pocket, or yeah, any number of things. Now also, Ram Media One is going to be doing some updates with the raw field as well, correct? Yes, we will. We will. Uh, we've got... Uh, we, Ram Media One, we, we start with the solos, and we, we, we cover uh, raw uh, the raw riders uh, as much as we can. And then we also have a uh, media crew stationed in Durango that uh, covers them as they, as they finish. And uh, they, they do backtrack the course a little bit. They'll go as far back as uh, Cortez, sometimes even Monument Valley, and uh, give them some coverage as they, as they come in. Uh, Facebook is really the best place for... Up, up the most up-to-date coverage, uh, the race across the West, uh, Facebook. That that's the quickest and easiest way for the media crew to to post uh, in the field. You know, we're we're uh, <laughs> we're driving in um, Dodge caravans with uh, a little Wi-Fi unit, and you know, sometimes we don't always have a signal, and we do our best to get stuff up as quickly as possible. Well, Vic, thanks very much for taking the time to chat with us. Hoping we can connect tomorrow to chat about uh, the teams. Looking forward to it, George. All right. Coming to us from Oceanside, Vic Armijo from Race Across America and from the Race Across America studios in Boulder, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. ACAST powers some of the world's best podcasts. Here's a show we recommend. I'm Meredith Masony. And I'm Tiffany Jenkins. We're the hosts of Take It or Leave It, a podcast where we discuss all things marriage, motherhood, and everything in between. Join us every week where we sit down and talk about parenting, even though we don't really know what we're talking about. We have guests, we take your calls, and we get weird. Tiffany and I are just like you. We are two struggling moms who have no idea what we're doing. Join us on Take It or Leave It, an advice-ish podcast for parents. A cash, A cash, A cash, A cash recommends. recommends.